he's been doing a series called uh, Unity and Edification in Corporate Worship and Through the Gifts of the Spirit. So I'm just going to kind of back up in that a little bit today and talk about praise and the power of praise. And I don't expect to teach you anything new unless you're a brand new Christian today, but I do expect to remind you of one of the most powerful things in the Bible and something we all need to be reminded of, and that's to give God thanks in every situation. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 is our theme verse for this sermon. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That is so powerful. There's so much in that, and uh, it looks really good on paper, but that's really hard to practice sometimes. And uh, by the way, I did hurt my finger. You see, y'all looking at my finger like, what in the world? I was working the cows, and a cow horn smashed my finger between the pipe. And um, so it gave me something to praise God for, for sure. <laughs> it's easy to praise God for all the good stuff in life, but it's hard when you've got pain coming your way. Well, let's look at our text here in Acts 16. 22, if you got your Bibles. If not, I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Praise breaks chains. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet with stocks. And around midnight, Paul and Silas, they were complaining and grumbling and all upset and saying, we don't deserve this. We're out here serving God and look what we got. That might be what I would have been doing. But look what, look what Paul and Silas were doing. At midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. That's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's so powerful. <laughs> Amen. Most people allow their chains to prevent them from praising. It's the chains of life, the things that bind us, that keep us from giving God thanks. When Paul and Silas had it just the opposite, they, under, they didn't let those chains hinder their praise a bit. They didn't let their circumstance and situation change their attitude. They knew their attitude was the most important thing in their relationship with the Lord. So here they are. The Bible says they were beaten with wooden rods severely, just beat to a pulp, probably bloodied, Bruise. One translation says they were striped. You know, you've beaten so bad you get striped. And uh, instead of complaining, they're praising. I can imagine now Paul's leaning over there to Silas and saying, You got a good hymn to sing, Silas? <laughs> On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now, I know that hymn wasn't written by the time when these boys were singing it. We don't know what hymns they actually sang, 
but we do know they sang hymns to God. You know, if Amazing Grace was around, I'm sure they would have sang Amazing Grace to each other. They weren't trying to manipulate God. See, sometimes you, you learn this principle, you think you can manipulate God. Well, I'll just sing some praise and God will bless me. He'll, he'll, he'll take me out of this situation. No, they were in the middle of their pain. They accepted that the pain was there. They accepted God's sovereignty in the situation. They accepted that all things work together. Remember, Paul's the one that penned that in Romans 8, 28. All things work together for, the, for good to those that love God, to the called according to his purpose. They accepted that. And then, therefore, they're able to just sing praise. They weren't expecting the chains to fall off. They were just giving God the praise that his name is due. And for it, the chains fell off. Again, in everything, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Giving thanks in everything, for everything, continually, is a secret to real joy and happiness. You can't be unhappy when you're giving God praise. You can't grumble and complain and praise at the same time. It's impossible. Your mind can't do both those functions at one time. So when you're giving God praise and thanks, even in pain, you'll find a joy, a joy unspeakable and full of glory, a joy that's greater than any happiness that the world knows. The world knows happiness when their circumstances and situations get fixed and start going their way. That's when they become happy. Well, even the heathen are happy in times like that. But what joy is, is in the middle of the most painful circumstances that you can still find this, this joy that surpasses happiness. It, it excels happiness. It, it, it goes beyond normal happiness. There's a joy, an eternal joy that's an internal joy that just dwells up in your soul. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And you can have the most miserable circumstances all around you and be experiencing this kind of joy I'm talking about. <clears throat> praise the Lord. There we go. When do we praise God? In pleasure or pain? You know, it's sunshine, warm, beautiful day outside, and you see the birds at the bird feeder and the squirrels and the cows in the pasture, and it's early in the morning, and it's so easy to want to give God thanks. But when it's cold and it's wet and you don't see anything but knowing you got to get out in that weather in just a little bit, it's not as easy to give Him thanks on that day. In fact, it's easy to kind of have the blues a little bit. I think I'll just have the blues any of y'all ever get the blues? What God wants you to do is thank him for that cloudy day. Thank him for that coolness. Thank him for the weather that's not just right. Everything's going my way, so I'm happy. Well, big deal. Like I say, the worst heathen is happy when everything's going his way. But when nothing's going right, can you give God thanks? Boss gave me a raise today. I'm going to go to church and testify and tell everybody you know, how blessed I am. What if you got fired from your job? Do you still have that same skip in your step when you come into church? Want to tell all your friends, guess what? I got fired today. Thank God. Isn't God good? <laughs> My husband quit drinking. Oh, that's a testimony at prayer meeting right there. You want to tell all your friends that. 
How many of you come to prayer meeting saying, my husband's still a drunk, but I'm going <laughs> to praise God anyway? See, this doesn't even make rational or logical sense to the human mind because we are so geared to being happy when things are going our way and sad when things are going the other way. We're just trained that way to immediately think that way. We want things to go good so much, financially speaking. All, do, all you, some people just open the mail. All it takes is one unexpected bill to put you in the pit, you know, because you, you want so much your finances to be put in order. Children making good grades, you're happy. Children rebellious, you're sad. Got a great report from the doctor, yeah, you're happy. That's easy. But what about when the doc tells you you're very sick? Where's the shout then? Where's the praise? Where's the gratitude? Faithful and loyal spouse, I'm all grateful for that. What if your spouse is cheating on you? What do you do then? You're exalted in ministry, in pleasure, in pain. Your ministry's a failure. Have a great retirement saved. What if you lost all your retirement? You say, Brother Billy, this just doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, if you'll stop praying for your circumstance and situations to change, quit praying for all that pain to get out of your life and start just praising him in everything, for everything. You'll, you'll see the power of God released in your life like you've never seen it before. Then, then circumstances can change. He'll, you'll untie God's hands. One time I remember in my life, I was just really struggling giving God thanks. And I was going through such a painful situation. And the Lord showed me the hands of the Lord above me and they were tied up. And there was a twine wrapped around them. And I, and I was seeking God what that meant. And I, I shared it with a brother in the Lord who had a word of wisdom for me and said, God, will, you will untie his hands when you learn to praise him for that situation untie his hands and his hand of blessing then can open up to you. The reason you're not feeling the blessing of the Lord is because you're complaining and grumbling and murmuring instead of giving him thanks. Y'all follow me? My clicker's not doing so good. That's all right. I'm going to give him thanks for a <laughs> dumb clicker. I'm trying, Scotty. There we go. Thank you. These scriptures, these are not new to you, but I want to read them anyway. Isaiah 45, 6 and 7 in King James, that they may, may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there's none beside me, for I am the Lord and there's none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now look at it in uh, the New King James, just verse 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do these things. And in New Living Translation, it reads like this. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. So stop blaming everything on the devil because God's a little bigger and stronger than that. God's omnipotent and he's sovereign. And he, he won't allow the devil to do one thing to you without his permission. Yeah, the devil wants to knock you down. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But above that, there's a greater principle. There's a greater power. There's a greater person in God the Father. And, and he, the Lord, does all these things. He sends the good times and the bad times. He puts pleasure 
and pain in our life. And it's important to know that if you're going to accept that he loves you and that he's sovereign. In Romans 8, 28, either it's true and it's real or it's not. If that's not true, then John 3, 16 is not true. I'm telling you, all the Bible's true. All the Bible's applicable for us. And that Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. In verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. So we're already predestinated to be conformed into the image of his Son, but in order for that to happen, all things have to happen. Pleasure and pain have to come our way. And he makes all these things, pleasure and pain, work for our good and his glory. So stop praying for God to change our situation and circumstance and begin to just simply praise and thank him for all things in all things. Just thank him for his goodness. If you can't find anything to thank God for, just start right there. Lord, you're so good to me. Thank him for his grace. Just God is so good and so gracious and so kind and so loving. We have so much to be thankful for. When you lose sight of the fact that, that you have a lot to be thankful for, then, then you're really starting to drift down into the bottomless pit. And I've been there before. I know what it's like to be depressed and down and out and just struggle to find any gratitude at all. Remember Ezekiel 47, the water that came out under the throne? How did it begin? With a little trickle, just a trickle. And see, God pours all his grace and goodness into us and, and the gratitude that's going to be returned to him. If you don't have it overflowing, gushing out, just start with a little trickle. Just start with, okay, Lord, I'll find one thing to give you thanks for right here, and I'll let it start trickling out. Pretty soon you'll be thanking him for pleasure and pain. Pretty soon you'll be thanking him for everything. Pretty soon that will go ankle deep, then go knee deep, and that river goes loin deep, and then waters to swim in. That'll grow. It just starts with a little trickle. But it's accepting God's sovereignty. We must accept our circumstances. God's sovereign. God wouldn't allow one thing to happen to me that's not for my good and his glory. And you got to know, like Brother Vince was saying on the piano today, you got to know that Jesus loves you. If you, don't, if you start doubting his love, then when pain comes in your life, you start thinking God's mad at you or mean to you. You can't accept the pain anymore. It's hard to give him praise when you can't accept the pain. So accept that it, God's aware. He's in control. He's omniscient. He knows every little detail. Are y'all following that? And then James says, count it all joy. Look at James 1, verse 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Again, just like Romans 8, 29 says, that we're predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. James is saying it this way, God's going to give you patience and let patience have a perfect work that you might become perfected, that you might become mature. When you, when you start seeing that the whole ultimate intention of God for our lives is that we might become like Jesus, then you realize every little painful thing that happens is a stepping stone toward that maturity, toward you getting there. Count it all joy 
when a cow smashes your finger off. Just count it joy. You know, we work those cows. We do it twice a year. Every fall and spring, we give them all their vaccinations, and we deworm them, give them a shot to take the worms out of them, and put fly tags in their ears to keep the flies off of them, and we measure them. So these horns come in to shoot, and you got to grab me and another man, the man that runs my farm. We grab these horns and situate them in this chute, and that's what I was doing. I was trying to get the horn up one little bar, and she came down on that thing, and when I looked at it, my nail was gone, just ripped it off, and half the finger was hanging down, and you could see the bone sticking out. And the, the unique thing about this timing of this, I had just spent the two previous days, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'd spent nine hours reading two books by Merlin Carruthers, one called The Power of Praise and one Prison of Praise. So I had this in me, nine hours worth of the word in me, and, and those two books, it's all about that one thing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I knew, I mean, I, I was full of this. You didn't have to remind me, it was in me. And all of a sudden, that cow came down on my finger, and I looked at it. I was almost in shock. I didn't know what to do, really. But immediately, my mind went to, okay, this is the test here. I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to, Lord, I just thank you for letting this cow smash my finger. <laughs> I'll tell you, it made such a difference. The next six hours, Liz rushed me to ER. We get there, and they're, they're messing around my finger, hurting like crazy. Said, well, I'm just giving God thanks. I had nothing else I wanted to do. My, I, my mind was on this, and I'm thinking I'm not going to miss this opportunity because I know God sent this little pain in my life. So then I found out I had to go to another ER where they had a hand specialist. I thought they might just cut my finger off, but they actually had said there's no, there's some people who can save it. So I get in an ambulance and go to Louisville because I already had an IV in my arm. They'd give me a pain shot by then. By the way, when you got your pain shot, it's easier to give thanks. Than to, to pain <laughs> I was having no trouble at all in that ambulance, man. I'm just happy as I could be. Then I had to wait in the hospital till the doctor was ready. It was like 10 o'clock at night. The accident happened at 4.30 in the afternoon. It was like 10 before they finally got to me. But they were able to attach my end of my finger back on. They sewed it back up. And then the following, about six days later, I went in and had a pen put in my finger where the broken bone was. So, and then they actually split the finger open and repaired the damaged nerves even. These guys can do everything. But the, so it's been a week and a half now, and, and this is staying with me because this is all related to the finger. So every time I feel inconvenience that I don't have my left hand, I'm immediately just giving God thanks. I, I bet I thank, I've thanked God over a thousand times for this hand and this finger and that cow. And, and the level, the level of, of what I call spiritual happiness, or really real joy, has been amazing. I mean, the victory that I've had has been amazing. I can't even feel sorry for myself 
while I'm giving God thanks. I mean, self-pity's nowhere in the picture. And I can't tell you how many times I've had far less than this happen that I've spiraled all the way down into self-pity before. You know, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm miserable. You know, Lord, I don't deserve this. I'm your servant. Why are you letting this happen to me? I've thought this way. I've thought, and so I've, I've been like the children of Israel, just murmuring and complaining every time something didn't go just right. But this finger, this, I know this has been, this is just a little thing between me and God we got going here, this whole finger episode. I'm determined to keep praising him for this thing until I get the bandage off, until it's no longer pain. I still want to praise him for every every inconvenience I may have. Trying to take a shower with one hand up above your head. <laughs> try, to, try to type on the computer with one hand. That, everything slows down. But, you know, but God, do I either, either I believe that God's in control or not. Right. Well, the, the truth was, it was an accident. And the cow did this to me. But God's bigger than the cow. God could have stopped it. Or God could have allowed it to come up a few more inches and I could have lost my whole hand, could have got crushed. What if it would happen on my right hand instead of my left? That would have been way worse. I could have lost a whole finger. And you don't just thank God for all the things that could have been or should have been or could have been worse, but actually thank him for the painful part of it. Thank him that the finger got smashed. See, when you laugh at me thinking, that's just not logical, I'm not going to go there. If you would think of your worst situation you got going on in your life right now, maybe it's financial. There's nothing like financial pressure. Maybe it's relational. There's nothing like relational pressure, especially when it's involving your kids or the people you love the most. Or maybe it's physical. Maybe Doc did give you some bad news. Whatever that thing is in your life and and. And we can just keep exploring. If we had show and tell time, everybody could stand up and, and everybody's got something. And by the time you hear everybody else's troubles, you might not think your troubles are so bad after all. You might just take your troubles on home with you and be happy with them, yeah. But no matter what it is, think of the worst thing going on in your life right now. How many times do you pray for God to change that situation? What I'm asking you to do is stop praying that way and start thanking him for that situation. That very thing that's causing you the trouble, that's causing you the pain, that's, that's making you miserable, start just saying, I'm going to put a stop to this right now, and I'm going to thank him for that. You find power in praise. James says, count it all joy. You know, another invoice comes in that you can't pay. Just count it joy. Let that be an opportunity for joy. Let that be an opportunity to give God thanks. Look at this quote. To live a life of uninterrupted joy in God, looking on every circumstance as coming from God and thanking Him for it, that is Christian perfection. We all want to grow up to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. We all want to grow up to a spiritual... 100-fold fruit-bearing creature. We all want to be this mature person. Well, this is where it is right here. In fact, 
Mom Bab was telling me the other day that she had heard a minister share that really your response or your reaction to pain is your testimony. That is your testimony right there, you know. And so you want to measure where you are in God, how far you've grown up, how well do you do in pain. Even traffic lights or bad people driving that don't know how to drive as good as you. How, how do you respond to that? You know, like I said, even bad weather can do it to us. I mean, there's so many things can get us. We can get the blues and we can start feeling down. Helen Keller was deaf and blind and she accomplished so much with her life and this was her secret she said I thank God for my handicaps for through them I found myself my work and my God so she thanked God for her blindness and her deafness man if I lost my eyes I might turn into the most worst creature of self-pity you've ever seen I can't imagine what it'd be like to lose your eyes she not only lost her eyes, she lost her hearing. But yet she had this gratitude and turned her into the powerful woman that she was. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Even though I had received such wonderful revelations from God, this is 2 Corinthians 12, 7. So to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take this away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. The great apostle that wrote most of the New Testament had a messenger from Satan, a thorn in his flesh. And three times he begged God to take that away. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. If Paul can have a thorn in his flesh, don't you think God would give us a thorn? We don't need as big a thorn as Paul probably had not to become proud. It doesn't take a lot to humble me. <laughs> But I don't know what his thorn was. The Bible's not clear on that. Some people think it was his eyesight. Other people think it was just a demon that was always tormenting him. But he called it a torment. He called it a thorn. Praise God for the pain. When you praise God for the most painful things in your life, it demonstrates these things. A, that you tr your trust, your faith, and your confidence in God. That's how you demonstrate you've got faith by praising him in pain. It also demonstrates you believe that God loves you. Because if you don't believe God loves you, you're not going to praise him when pain comes. And it also demonstrates you believe God's in control of every detail in your life. He's sovereign. Praising God for pain shows that you trust the Lord, that you know that he loves you, and that you know he's sovereign and he allows all things to happen for your good. You may not understand why, but if you trust and love him enough to praise him for the for all things. You don't have to understand why. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? And lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct that path. So you don't have to understand why. You just need to understand these things, that he loves you, that he's sovereign, 
that he's not going to allow something to happen in your life that he's not aware of or he's not in control of. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. That means he knew it before the cow hit my finger. He, he already knew this whole thing was going to happen. He knows the, how many hairs on your head you have. He knows that when a sparrow falls, he, he understands everything. He's omniscient. He has all the stars, and he's, got, he's named all the billions and billions of stars in the universe. God is so much bigger than what we think. You think, well, he's too big to be fooling with little old me. He doesn't know, no, he knows every little detail in your life. And he's sovereign, and he allows pleasure, and he allows pain to work it for our good. When you praise God for all things, it releases the power of God to work in your life. Some of y'all feel powerless. It's because all you know is the complaint and the grumble. Man, when you stop the grumbling and complaining and start praising God, again, like I say, it unties his hands and releases power in your life. And not praising God for the pain demonstrates the opposite. When I, when I can't praise him for the pain, it, it, it says to God and the world that I'm a creature of unbelief, distrust, or a lack of confidence in God. You might think God really doesn't love you or he's not fair to you. You might think God is not in complete control of your life. You think God is not fair to allow this much pain in your life. You get worried, anxious, and fearful because of the distrust. Instead of praise, you feel self-pity. You think God owes you a blessing because of your good moral life, so now you're really frustrated because pain's coming in your life and you're such a good person, you don't think you deserve the pain. And you're a human being with still some room to grow in Christ, all right? If you don't, in other words, we all grumble. We all complain. It's just to what level and how long are we going to put up with it? I make a list of everything I got to do as the week goes on. Every Monday morning, I have a new list on my desk of every major thing I got to do. And over the last couple of weeks, the Lord told me to, on my new list, I wrote, in everything, give thanks. Because that's on my to-do list now. In other words, I have to remind myself to do this. If you don't remind yourself every morning, you'll catch yourself in self-pity. You'll be grumbling about something and not even aware of it. To 30 minutes later, you look up and say, oh, that didn't look very good. Where's the praise? Where's the thanks? Stop the grumbling. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine lights in the world. Israel couldn't go into the promised land because of unbelief, demonstrated by their continual grumbling and complaining. They didn't go in because they, it's not because they didn't believe in God. They didn't believe God. They didn't put their trust in God enough when God fed them manna from on high, they grumbled because it was the same thing every day. Even when they got their water, they grumbled. They grumbled about the quail. They grumbled about everything. They grumbled every time there was any pain at all in the wilderness. They grumbled and complained. And God said, you're not going to enter into the promised land because of unbelief. In other words, they, they believed in God, but they didn't believe God. They didn't trust God. They didn't put their confidence in God. You know, Joshua and Caleb believed God when God said, I'm going to give you this land. They said, let's go take the land. 
But all the children of Israel, the hundreds of thousands of them, they complained about the giants in the land. They didn't think they could take the land. They said, we're like grasshoppers to these people. These, these people are so big and they were so afraid. They said they couldn't inherit the land. So God let them die in the wilderness. Man, I don't want to die in a spiritual wilderness when God's simply been trying to take me to this place of perfect praise. And I, again, I know I'm not teaching anything new today, but you need to hear this at least once a year. <laughs> we, until we get it on our list of things to do. You say, well, I've been believing this for 50 years. Well, don't ever throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. If this, this is something true 50 years ago, it's, it's more true to me today than it's ever been in my life. I'm actually at a place where I'm ready to live this. I'm not perfect at it. I'm, I'm sure I've complained about a hundred things since my finger accident, but I'm so zeroed in on this finger, every time I feel a little throb in pain, I'm immediately just saying, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, thank you for the finger. Thank you for the cow. Thank you for the whole thing. And it's giving me victory. It's working in my life. This is a testimony I'm sharing with y'all. I'm not bragging to y'all that I know how to give thanks better than y'all. I'm just telling you the road God's taken me down to teach me this lesson. This isn't something just I like to put on paper, but it's very real in my life, and it's something I'm practicing. Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. Look how we need to talk to each other. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. That's always pleasure and pain for all things, pleasure and pain to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. You'll never be sad if you practice this. It's impossible to give thanks and be sad at the same time. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't say make your list and then go and try to delight in God. No, it says find delight in him. That's what the worship team, they were trying to lead us into that delight today. Just that delight in God where you just, where he's enough. Where the desires of your heart don't even matter. Your list doesn't even matter. What you want is just this union and communion that you have with God. And you can find this through praise. But you'll find it greater when you're praising him for the painful things in life. But thou art holy, O Lord, thou inhabitest the praise of Israel. So therefore, God inhabits your praise. You want to feel the power of God in your life? Start praising him. Not just the power when we come in here and we, the worship team's leading us in worship. Yeah, I, I can feel his presence. I felt it this morning. It makes me weep when I feel his presence. But I'm talking about Monday through Saturday out there in the real world, whatever you're doing. You want to feel the power of God in your life? Then start praising him for pain. Praise him for all the lousy things going on, and I promise you, you're going to release the power of God like you've never experienced it. David said, I will bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth all the time. David had this figured out perhaps better than anybody, and perhaps this is why he was a man after God's own heart, because he knew and understood the secret of praise. He said, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. In other words, 
whether it's good or bad, whether Saul's chasing me down, hunting me like a wild animal, or whether I'm exalted on the throne of Israel. I'm going to praise you either way we go. My heart's fixed. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. How many times do we give God thanks for the righteous judgments he brings in our life that we don't think are favorable to us? These painful things that happen are righteous judgments. And if we, we, we think we can decide what's favorable and non-favorable when the truth is God's bringing pleasure and pain to conform us into the image of his son. And then David said, enter into his gates. How do you enter into the presence of God? With thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Look at the quote by William Law. Read this. If anyone could tell you the shortest, surest way to all happiness and perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank and praise God for everything that happens to you. For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity happens to you, if you thank and praise God for it, you turn it into a blessing. I thought that was so well stated. Very good. William Law. Rejoice. Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. How? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. With thanksgiving. Every time you pray, pray with thanksgiving. Every request you make to God, do it with thanksgiving. Remember when Jesus fed the thousands? What did he do? He first thanked God. He thanked the Father when, before he multiplied the bread. Every time you pray over your food, do it with thanksgiving. Every time you ask God for a miracle, do it with thanksgiving. Every time you pray for your brothers or your sisters or your country, or whatever you're praying for, do it with thanksgiving. We leave this out so many times and we wonder why our prayers don't get answered. We wonder where the power is, where the presence is. Man, all, all prayer meetings ought to start out with thanksgiving. No matter if it's just you in your prayer closet or if it's a group of the brotherhood from the church, they ought to all start with thanksgiving. Joshua, the walls of Jericho did not fall by man's force, but by faith, obedience, and praise to the Lord. Jericho is a stronghold, this big city. And here Joshua and the children of Israel just finally crossed over. This is all the children of those that came out of Egypt, for the parents had died off in the wilderness. And they weren't trained warriors. They didn't know how to fight. But God told them he's going to give them Jericho, this walled city, this giant fortress, this stronghold of a city. And y'all know the story how they just marched around the city one time for for six days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times. And then when the trumpet blew and Joshua gave the command to shout, all the people shouted at one time. This praise went up to God. And when it did, the walls of Jericho fell. They tumbled down and then Israel was easy, able to go in and take the city with no opposition at all. There's strongholds in our life that will disappear once we learn how to praise God. This is how you win the battle over the strongholds, is giving God praise in the midst of pain. Amen. Amen. Why is it so hard? I'm wrapping up here soon. Why is it so hard to give God thanks? If you walk in your old identity, you'll always feel defeated. 
If you think you are your old man, you will only see failure and feel discouragement. We must walk in our new identity. That new identity is who you are in Christ. This is, this is the real you now. This born again you. This is, you need to walk in your new man. If you walk in your old man and think that's who you really are, all you can do is feel defeated and you'll never have praise in your mouth. I always wonder why I struggled with this all my life, why I couldn't give praise to God consistently on, in every situation. And it's because of this old identity that I'd wrapped myself up in. I got to believe in that's who I was. And therefore, I never had victory. Once you learn how to walk with your new identity, you've got this victory now that's amazing. Again, your behavior doesn't determine your identity. Your identity determines your behavior. So it's learning who you are in Christ is really the real secret to being able to give God praise in all things. Number two, if you're mad at God and have unforgiveness toward God, you can't be grateful. Even though God didn't do you wrong, you believe he did, so you need to forgive him. Think about that. You need to forgive God. God didn't do you wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. But you've been believing he did you wrong, so therefore you got this grudge against God, and that's why you can't walk in praise. So forgive God. Forgive him for everything. He forgives you for everything. Now again, you shouldn't have to say, I forgive God, because God didn't do you wrong. But I know people spent their whole life mad at God because thinking God did them wrong. And until they get over that, they're never going to be able to give God praise and thanks. Number three, if you're holding on to unforgiveness toward anyone, it's impossible to be thankful continually. Unforgiveness knocks you out of this race. This sermon means nothing to you if you have full of unforgiveness because you'll walk out of this building grumbling and complaining. But if you can let go of it and forgive everybody that's ever offended you, no matter how great or small the offense, then you'll set yourself free and you'll be on the road to giving him thanks in all things. When you're walking in unbelief, the darkness of doubt overcomes you as you grumble and complain about circumstance. We've all been there. We'll, we'll be there again. Yes, you believe in God, but do you really believe God? Do you trust him? Walking in faith is believing and trusting God enough to thank and praise him for all things and in all circumstances. The Bible says to continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And then there's a story of Jehoshaphat, and I close with this story. This is the greatest story in the Bible about praise. I think it's 2 Chronicles 20, if y'all want to go home and look it up, read it. But y'all know the story. The Ammonites and the Moabites and the children of Mount Seir came up against Judah and Jehoshaphat, and it scared Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says he sought the Lord and proclaimed a fast. And all the children of Judah came together, and they were all praying and fasting. And the word of the Lord came to Jehoshaphat and basically said, you're not going to need to go out and fight, but you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For I'm, this is my fight, not yours. So the next day, when the enemy was so great, probably hundreds of thousands of enemy, way more than what Judah had in, in an army. And instead of asking the soldiers to go out and fight, Jehoshaphat gets a band together. And he gets a band together, and he gives them a little tune to sing. And they go out praising the Lord for the beauty of his holiness. And I think they were just saying, praise ye the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And uh, just singing that little tune. And all of a sudden, when this praise started going up to God, the enemies of God turned on one another. 
The Ammonites and the Moabites turned on the children of Mount Seir and slaughtered them. And then the Moabites and the Ammonites slaughtered each other. And Jehoshaphat never had to fight the whole day. Israel, I mean, Judah never had to fight. Are y'all following that? What, what was the key there? Praise, praise. Jehoshaphat just made his mind up to obey God. God said, you don't have to fight this fight. Just give me praise. No matter how big the circumstances are, how negative the circumstances are in your life, no matter how you feel like this is never going to change and the only way you can be happy is for these circumstances to change, if you'll just stop and give God praise for that thing right there, those circumstances, I promise you'll start seeing the power of God released in your life. And he might even change the circumstance for you if you can get up above it and praise him for it. Jehoshaphat, powerful. Stop praying for your situation and circumstances change and start praising God and thanking him in everything for everything. Step outside of your pain and bless the Lord. Thanksgiving should be a way of life, not just a holiday. Start thanking God while in your pain and experience miraculous release of God's power in your life. In summary, there's my verse again. Let's read that together, all of us together. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's King James. Isn't that beautiful? Won't you commit that to memory and just remind yourself all day long. Just try this for a day. Just try it for 24 hours. I'm going to give him thanks for everything that happens. And just watch the level of victory, the level of of, of the power of God and the presence of God that you'll experience, which will produce this amazing victory in your life if you just learn to praise God for all things. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and we'll be dismissed. Amen. Brother Steve, you want to come up? While he does, let me just pray over you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. You promised that your word wouldn't return void, but that it would accomplish the thing wherein you sent it. So, Lord, I just pray that you remind us all this week to give you thanks for all things, in all things, in everything give thanks. Lord, that we can learn to walk in this new level of communion and union with you as we give you praise for all things. We love you, we trust you, and we thank you for your government in our life and your sovereignty. And Lord, we're just going to choose to thank you for every little thing that happens to us, regardless, be it pleasure or pain. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen.